welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. been around a long, long, long time, you hear a lot of themes preached in church, and one of the themes that I've heard preached a lot is, is breakthrough. And whenever I come to preach on stuff like this, I always think, oh, do people need to hear it again? But what I've realized is that nothing gets old in the Bible. Nothing gets old in the Bible. And so I want to talk a little bit about breakthrough today, knowing that there's got to be someone here today. God didn't tell me this, I just know it. It's statistically true that there'll be someone in this place today and you really believe in God for a breakthrough. And that could be in lots of different areas. And there's lots of um, messages being preached on breakthrough. And I'm not a clever preacher. I'm not a fancy preacher. I don't have any gimmicks, any magic tricks. I might have some funny stories, but that's about as much as I've got. What I do have is uh, some experience and the Word of God. And the Word of God with a little bit of preached experience will really, really help someone today. So if you've come in here today and you're thinking, do you know what I really could do with a breakthrough? God, and you've been praying, God, I need a breakthrough in this area of my life, perhaps in my health or my finances or or with a a family member or a relationship. You think, I really need a breakthrough at work. You've been praying, God, for a breakthrough. You need to sell your house. You need a breakthrough. I want to tell you some good news today. I want to actually give you some practical things you can do to do that. What is breakthrough? Well, breakthrough is really a sudden advance. It's like when you break through. Breakthrough is not breakthrough. Breakthrough is breaking through. Really breaking through. It's a sudden advance, especially in knowledge or technique. Perhaps there's a breakthrough in medicine or a breakthrough in science or a breakthrough in the church. Breakthroughs are common, but you very rarely hear that word talked about, except it's in the church. Why is that? It's because everyone in the church needs a breakthrough. I could do with some breakthroughs. And and across the years, I've done a lot of praying on my knees for breakthroughs. I've done fasting for breakthroughs. Often some of these things that God just wants us to do, not necessarily for something, but in our human nature, we end up just doing things for things, don't we? We're pretty carnal people, really, and made spiritual and righteous by God and what Jesus did on the cross, but how many people have ever prayed for a breakthrough? Amen? Some of you right now are praying for a breakthrough, and that's awesome. Pray for a breakthrough, but over the years, let me tell you, I've been praying, my wife and I, Louise, have been praying and fasting and standing with others for a breakthrough in our lives, and often God has said to me, you can do something about that. I've got children. My eldest is 23, my youngest is 11. We've been having children a long time. That's why we don't have much money. We've got a lot of children. All our money is invested in our children. I've said to them, one of them needs to make a million or collectively make enough money to look after us because we've got nothing left. Anyone with lots of children, you know what I'm talking about, right? And whenever we're blamed for a breakthrough, God's saying, you can do something. So with my children... Often they'll come to me and say, Daddy, I want you to do this. Or, Daddy, I need this. I remember my kids learning to tie their shoelaces. It's the simplest thing. Can I say to parents that have children that are learning to tie their shoelaces, treasure that moment. 
Kids will only need you to tie their shoelaces from one season of life. Getting sentimental because my kids are getting older. Enjoy the time, Daniel. <laughs> Whoever that is. It's either a demon coming out or a child. Could be the same thing. I said I had no gimmicks, but thank you for that. My kids would come, Dad, can you teach me to tie my shoelaces? And, and, and very often I just... I just do it for them. But then it got to the point where I got sick and tired of tying their shoelaces. And I got bold one day. I said, guess what? You can tie your own shoelaces. I said, what do you mean? I'm only 15. I said, yes. <laughs> got to get out of those Velcros and start tying your shoelaces. Now, they must have been, I don't know, six or seven. And we're teaching them to, to tie their shoelaces. Maybe it's a little bit older. I don't know. It's all blurry. My five children, I tell people I like the Rocky movies. I've seen them all, but I don't know what order they, they're really in and what happens in them, but I've seen them all. I said, I said to Louise one day, we have to teach our kids to tie their shoelaces. We can't be tying their shoelaces forever for them. And so we went back to them. Yes, did I have the solution? Did I have the answer to tie their shoelaces? Was I the shoe, sh shoelace tying master of all time? Yes, I was. But there's a time when when we, our children have to learn to do some things. And so we said to them, come on, you can tie your shoelaces. Little Mickey Mouse, are you there? Little Mickey Mouse, here. no, round. And we taught them over a week. I think it was the Easter holidays. We give the whole of Easter holidays to it. Every day, get your shoes out. And we taught them. And hallelujah, today I can tell you, praise God. All five of my children can tie their shoelaces on their own. Glory to God. And I wonder sometimes if God says, why are you asking me? I've told you what to do. I've given you the good book. I've put friends around you. I've given you a pastor who tells you what to do from the good book every week. I'm not saying don't pray. But I'm saying, are there some things we can do to bring a breakthrough in our lives just by doing things differently? And I want to title my message in the short time I've got this morning, Bridges and breakthroughs. Bridges and breakthroughs. I believe bridges have got something to do with breakthroughs. And I've realized in my life that bridges are significant when it comes to breakthroughs. The first bridge, the first evidence of bridge building was in the Babylonian society 4,000 years before Christ. Bridges have been around a long, long, long time. And so, and I'm fascinated by bridges. I'm, I'm a Geordie boy. I'm from Newcastle. I believe there's... Uh, uh, eight or eleven, I can't remember the number, bridges across the Tyne. I love bridges. And the famous bridge across Newcastle is the Tyne Bridge, of course. And you'll see a big, better version of that in Australia. They stole it, and every time my Aussie friends come, I say, there it is, the original, you stole the idea. I love bridges. And bridges are significant. And today, I want to leave a picture with you when you leave today. I want to leave some imagery some metaphors that are going to help you to, to, to find a breakthrough in your life. And my first point today, for those that still take notes, do we still have note takers in church anymore? It's kind of a dying art, isn't it? One or two. You're pointing to your mum there. Good on you, madam. She'll take notes for every... I've I, I realised every spiritual woman takes notes for their unspiritual husband. Did you know that? <laughs> it's true. All the women are nodding, all the men 
Number one, I believe we've got to build some bridges. It's real simple. I said I'm not a clever preacher. I'm really simple. Number one, we've got to build some bridges. Build some bridges to your breakthrough. Build a bridge to your breakthrough. Exodus 18, we pick up the story of Moses and the children of Israel. Some of you will be familiar with this story. Jethro is his father-in-law. He's watching his son-in-law Moses and he takes the seat of judge. He's the leader. And he sees a long line of people waiting to be heard by Moses. And he looks at him and he thinks, you are a complete buffoon. You're an idiot, Moses. doesn't say that, but that's what I read between the lines. And Moses is exhausted and limited because he is alone in taking all the responsibility for his role. And so Jethro lets his opinions be heard. And in verse 17 of Exodus 18, I believe, Jethro says, what you're doing is not good. It could be that your father-in-law has some advice. Any father-in-laws in here today? Hands up if you're a father-in-law. Don't be afraid to pass your advice on to your son-in-laws. They may not listen, but don't be afraid to pass it on. Exodus 18, 25 to 26 says he chose capable men. This is what Moses did when he heard the advice. He reached out. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000 150 and 10. These men were always able to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. And Moses had to get a breakthrough in this situation, otherwise he was going to have disaster on his hands, so he reached out to some people. He took the advice of his father-in-law and he built some bridges to people. And what I've realized is sometimes I'm failing in life and I need a breakthrough because I'm not prepared to build a bridge to somebody else. And this might be a word for you today. If you're looking for a breakthrough in capacity, can I, can I encourage you to look at the story of Moses? And he built a bridge of breakthrough when he reached out to people. I'm amazed at the amount of people that are failing in life and they're praying to God for a breakthrough and they're talk, telling me their, their story and their dilemma. I say, have you asked anyone about that? Have you asked anyone for help? Sometimes churches, and I've seen a lot of churches and I've consulted with a lot of churches over the years, and they're stuck and they're praying for a breakthrough. And I believe God's just saying, why don't you ask somebody to help you? What do you mean? That's so carnal. No, it's not. God has put people around you. I believe there's people in our future. I've always believed there's people in my future that are placed there by God to help me. If my, bro- my brother was here today, he's not not a believer, he would say that I am the luckiest beep, 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 son of a beep that he's ever met. I tell him, I'm not lucky. I'm just blessed. How did you know that person? How come that person knew that? How come that check came through the door? How come that door opened for you? I say, God's placed people in my future. And so I see everyone as a gift. Every single person. And as church leaders, Louise and I, our motto is, whenever we led a church, every single person that walks through that door is a gift for us, God. Gift to us and a gift to the church. And biblically, they are. Each and every one of you are a gift to the church. We say, God, let us get to know these people and build a bridge of friendship, a bridge of relationship. Some of you are here today, and this is a word for someone. You're, what, you, you're praying for a breakthrough, and God's saying, why don't you ask somebody? God has often given your miracle, has placed your miracle inside someone else and all you've got to do is ask for it. We want it to come down on clouds with angels. 
But God's saying, look around the church. Look in the community. There's people there for your breakthrough. It doesn't have to be a believer to ha- for, their, for them to be your breakthrough. So if Moses has a breakthrough in capacity. What about finances? Oh man, I've prayed this prayer so many times. I've, got, I've worn my knees out. Oh God, have I just had a breakthrough? God says, well, have you stopped spending? Oh God, clear my credit card. He said, well, you could get rid of the credit card. And what I've realized is in, when, I, when I'm praying for a breakthrough in finances, what I've got to do, the answer is to build a bridge to prosperity. I'm amazed at the amount of people that talk to me about needing a breakthrough in their finances who don't give. They're not generous. They don't give their first fruits. They don't put God first. And why would God help us if we don't put him first? The Bible is clear. And perhaps there's someone here today and you need to build a bridge. Build the bridge of generosity. Build the bridge of generosity. Build the bridge of first fruits in our finances. Build the bridge of accountability. Build the bridge of education. Build the bridge of first fruits. We ask for a miracle and God says, build a bridge. Build a bridge. Bridges in the natural lead to prosperity. Did you know that? Bridges in the natural, they build a bridge and the place prospers. It's getting across to the other side. It's expansion. It's prosperity. The truth is bridges are never appreciated until there's an obstacle. And we go to God and say, God, I need a miracle. He says, build a bridge. Open your mouth, speak to someone. We need to build bridges to better relationships. Oh God, I just pray, pray you'll sort my husband out. He's bad attitude and the way he is. Well, build a bridge. What do you mean? Build a bridge of forgiveness. We're simple people, men. I'll speak, I am one. We're primitive individuals. When God made men, he never made us as special as women. We don't seem to have as many brain cells. We're not as sensitive. We're not in touch with our emotions. God's great because he's made us so we think we are. But everyone knows we're not. So I said to my wife, please forgive me. I didn't realize. I haven't realized that when she says, what are you thinking? She doesn't really want to know what I'm thinking. Because that's going to get me into trouble. I'm thinking, when's the next Newcastle game? And we want to break through in relationships say, God, can you just, can you soften a heart? I think God sometimes says, you soften the heart. Oh God, just soften the heart of that person that I've fallen out with. I think God's saying, no, you build a bridge of forgiveness first. And why don't you soften your heart? I fell out with someone really bad a few years ago, so bad. I can get angry. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean to say God takes your aggression away, I tell you. I love reading the Old Testament. It suits my personality. And you know, I can get angry. I can still get aggressive. And I was so mad with this person. And I was praying that God would smite them. I was reading all of David's Psalms. You know, there's lots of nice Psalms that David wrote. Oh God, I love you. I'm a worm. There's lots of other psalms that David writes. They're brilliant. If you're in a bad mood and someone's up, it's like, wow, God. David said, will you smite them? Will you break their teeth? Will you break their bones? Yes, God. That's my prayer. 
Would you do that for me? No, but God said, no, 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 no. I'll tell you how to solve this. You phone that person and say you're sorry. But I've, but I've got nothing to be sorry for, Lord. It's funny the conversations we have with God, isn't it? I mean, he must have so many funny stories to tell to the angels and the other people up there. Build a bridge of forgiveness. Well, it's not easy. No, building bridges are not easy. How many bridges have you driven across or gone across on a, on a train over the last year? And we take them for granted, right? We take bridges for granted. Big river, we drive across it. That was brilliant. Someone else built it. Bridges are not easy to build. I remember being a kid going down the old stream in the summer holidays and building a bridge. It used to take all day to collect the rocks. And you know, when you get halfway across, I used to, you know, that's the stuff that we used to do in the old days, right? Before Xboxes and stuff. You went out, you went down the river, and you build. You got the rocks, and you, you got, got branches. and you, Bridges are not easy to build. I'm not saying it's easy to build a bridge, but what I'm saying is we need to become better bridge builders. And God says, no, you don't need my hand. You don't need my special anointing. I don't need to send any angels on this assignment. All you need to do is build a bridge of forgiveness or build a bridge of hospitality. Well, they never invite me to their house. There must be something wrong with me. They don't like me. Oh, God, I pray you just show them, open their hearts, and let them see that I'm lonely. No, you build a bridge of hospitality. Build the bridge of friendliness. What I've realized is over the years, we've become professionals, become professional wall builders and amateur bridge builders. We're very good at building walls, aren't we? Walls of resentment. Walls to keep you out. Well, I've heard what they said, and I want to tell you, I'll never speak to them again. They'll never, they'll never, never be around me again. And I heard what the pastor said about me. I heard what Daniel said about me. And I tell you what, I'm leaving that church. I wonder how many people will be back in this church, this church will be bursting at the seams, if people just built bridges of forgiveness. You know, we went back to this church that I got saved in uh, three years ago. My wife and I were asked to go back and take this church on, and we have. And there's a lot of people, a lot of people left over the years. I'm saying, where's such and such? And where's such and such? Oh, they left, they left. Oh, I said, you know, let this be a church where the doors are always open, that, that people are not judged when they return. There's people who would come back to this church if they knew for a fact that you wouldn't judge them. There's people who would be this here next week if they knew, guaranteed, that you wouldn't look at them that way. We need to be a, be a, build, a bridge building church, be a build bridging people. I know this is not not an exciting message, and you, I know you'd rather me lay hands on you or get the oil out and slap it all over your forehead and say, God, Holy Spirit, you do the work. But there's some things that we've got to do. It's learning to tie our shoelaces as believers and Christians. It's taking responsibility and being bridge builders. And why is this important? It's because Jesus is not only a bridge builder. Jesus was the one who, who, who ate with all the people that didn't have a, 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 they didn't have a way into the synagogues. They didn't have a way to know about God. What did Jesus do? He became a bridge he became a bridge, the ultimate bridge between us and God. We couldn't reach God without him. I want you to know that. doesn't matter how good you are, how much money you put in the offering pot, 
how much you serve or how much you tell Daniel you love him. You could do that as well. But we need Jesus. He's the big suspension bridge to heaven. Jesus is the bridge to our freedom. He's the bridge to our peace. And he's the bridge to our breakthrough. We need to build bridges of hospitality. Let's be a church of bridge builders of friendship. Build bridges of service. Build bridges of encouragement. Build bridges of unity. Build, Build bridges of reconciliation. It ain't sexy. It ain't easy. But it's necessary. Still pray. But build bridges to breakthrough. The second thing is that we need to burn some bridges. Have you ever heard someone say, don't burn your bridges? Well, I'm here to tell you, burn some bridges. Burn some bridges. Burn some bridges. We've got to build some bridges, and we've got to burn some bridges. I know when I became a Christian, I had to burn some bridges. Old friendships. Well, Jesus would have non-saved friends. Yeah, but those ones weren't good for me. I had to burn some bridges. I kept getting into fights. Because that's the all, all I knew, the people I hung around with. I had to burn some bridges. I had to burn some bridges about what I would watch on TV. I had to burn some bridges about where I'd go. I had to burn some bridges. Moses doesn't have an easy job leading the children of Israel into the promised land. Because why? They kept complaining and longing for the past. Numbers 14. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Boo-hoo for them. What a pathetic bunch. Daniel, on your worst day, on your worst day, when all oh, everyone's mourning and whining and complaining, it's normally a Sunday, but on your worst day, spare a thought for poor Moses here. A man of God, he'd actually heard God, he spoke to him in a bush. God hasn't spoke to you in a bush. Not yet. Bear a thought for Moses, their voices in verse 2 rose in a great chorus of protest. So it wasn't one complainer, two complainers. I don't get complaints in my church. I tell people, don't complain. Just pray for me or leave. Don't send me an email of complaint. If you do, send it to Pastor John. And I give out Pastor John's email address. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. You've been around long enough, Mr. C, haven't you? To receive the complaints, it's too loud, it's too dark, it's too cold, we're not, helping the, we're not helping the poor, we should be out there, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. There was a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in, the, in battle. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. You know, most complainers, they say, I'm not complaining on my behalf. I mean, I'm all right. I mean, I love all. But I have to tell you, I'm coming on behalf of these others. And this is what these people were doing. They were complaining on behalf of their wives and their children. Men, stop complaining on behalf of your, of your of, if, I was going to say women there, of your wife. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? No, it wouldn't be better for you to turn to Egypt. I can hear Moses saying, no. Are you sure? And verse 4, then they plotted amongst themselves. Let's choose a new leader. 
<laughs> I've seen that a few times. Oh, let's get a new leader because this one's not listening to our complaints. And let's go back to Israel. Do you know what I would have said if I was Moses? Burn the bridges. And there's some things. I'm amazed. Do you know what? My Christian life has not been easy. I don't have everything I want. I haven't paid my house off yet. I haven't seen all my family saved. Boo-hoo to me. So many people back out on their walk with Jesus. So easily it's pathetic. It's not going to be easy. We've just preached some nice stuff and we don't preach the realities of being a believer. I can't believe people turn their back on Jesus because something doesn't go their way. I burnt the bridge of turning back. What's that old song we used to sing? I have decided. No, I didn't ask you to sing it, Daniel. I meant that song when I sung it all them years ago, right? I'm like, do, how do you feel? People say, oh, you're pastors. It must, be, oh, it must be so wonderful in your house. You know, does the Holy Spirit just like live in your house and linger in your house? No, he doesn't. He goes for a break every now and then because of the chaos in my house. Sometimes I have to raise my voice and tell my kids, I will murder you. <laughs> and when the bills need to be paid and there's no money in the bank, what do we do? Do we turn our back? No, we burn the bridge of turning back. And there's some bridges we need to burn. And Moses is saying, will you hear yourselves? You're pathetic. He doesn't say that, but that's... That's why I was born now and not then, because I would have been allowed, I would have made a lousy Moses. How much grace did Moses have? Jesus didn't say, hey, follow me, sell everything you've got, follow me, and if it doesn't work out, guarantee. Money back guarantee, I'll give you all your possessions back, and you can just follow the devil. No, what does he say? Follow me. And what else? Nothing else. Follow me. Jesus said, burn the bridge. And if there's relationships that you're involved in that are not good for you, you don't need God to send an angel. You need to burn the bridge. If there's an attitude, if there's something you're watching on TV that's bad for you, I'm amazed I, say, I hear people, oh, I watch way too much TV. I say, well, get rid of your TV. Now, we live in this amazing age where kids now, they just sit in front of their TVs, don't they? Not having a go at kids. All right, don't you think I'm grumpy? I like a bit of Xbox. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> you know, I've parents, oh, I can't get little Johnny off the Xbox. He just can't. I, I shout him for dinner. I, I shout him for tea, and he just, he just, he just, I can't get him off. He loves the time. I say, you're an idiot. Who allowed you to have kids? Cut the plug off. If I get a little irritated, I turn the internet off. You can do that now. Did you know that? Little button on your phone. Kids, it's dinner time. Five more minutes. No. We need to burn some bridges. Yes, we're going to be bridge builders, but there's times to burn bridges as well. What bridges do we need to burn in our lives? Go back to, is to Egypt. Were they crazy? They complained they were hungry. They complained they were thirsty. They complained that Moses was not a good leader. Boo-hoo. They complained that Pharaoh had made things worse for them because of Moses. They complained that there were giants in the promised land. Oh God, you said it was going to be easy. No, he didn't. 
And they went on every single day. Man, I've realized over the years that the words that you speak become the house you live in. The words that you speak become the house you live in. There's a story of a Spanish conquistador, Hernandez Cortes, in 1519, when he landed on the shores of Mexico in Vera Cruz. Do you know what he did? He burnt the ships that they came on. Because when, they, when you land in new territory or you take ground for Christ, you haven't established what you need to flourish yet. It's easy to say, oh, I'm afraid I'm going back. What did he do? The amazing explorer, he burnt the ships. His men were like, what's this? We want to go back. He said, you can't. We've burnt the bridge and we will move forward. We need to stop undoing our prayers with words of doubt. We need to stop undoing our prayers with people, entertaining people who are full of negativity. So my question today is a challenging one. What bridges do you need to burn to ensure that you don't miss out on your breakthrough? Is there someone here who needs to stop complaining? Is there someone who needs to stop exaggerating about how amazing the past was. <laughs> There's some things that were good about the past, right? But we really over-exaggerate, don't we? We over-exaggerate. Well, we live in dark times. I can't believe what's happening. No, it's always been dark. We live in a dark world. We are the light of the world. If it was light, we wouldn't have to be the light of the world. The, the world is dark. It just happens to be darker at three o'clock in Peterhead than the rest of the world. We are the light of the world, the Bible says. We need to stop going back to the place that God moved us on from. So sad. We need to stop blaming our past for your present and allowing it to sabotage our future. It's time to build some bridges to our breakthrough. It's time to burn some bridges to our breakthrough. I'm going to sing so the band can come. But my final point is sometimes, sometimes we've done all we can to build a bridge. And sometimes we've done all, our, all we can to burn a bridge. And still we don't have our breakthrough. Guess what we do then? Then we pray. But we do all we can to build a bridge. We do all we can to burn bridges, but if there ain't no bridges going to fix it, what did Moses do? He parted the Red Sea. When we've done all that we can do, then and only then will God do what only he can do. In Exodus 14, 21, then Moses raised his hand over the sea. He didn't have time for building a bridge right then. He had Pharaoh behind. And if Moses could have built a bridge across that day, guess what he would have done? Build a bridge. If Moses had the engineers, the best engineers in the world, and all the, all, the, all, the, all the time in the world, and all the material in the world, I don't think he would have parted, wanted the Red Sea parted. He would have said, I'll just build a bridge. And God has given us so much, and so much time, and so much resource. He says, come on, build some bridges to your breakthrough. But there may be a time, there may be a diagnosis that God has said, you don't have time. And the doctor said, I'm giving you so much to live. Or the, the, the debt collector is on the door knocking and saying, you don't have time to build a bridge. 
and you recognize there's things that you should have done and you could have done, you, or perhaps you don't know why you're in the mess that you're in, and there's a sea of a torrent of waves before you, it's good to know that when we've done all we can do, God can then step in and do what only he can do. And then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water and a strong east wind with a strong east wind. And the wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. See, it's in the tightest of places that God brings a breakthrough. I wonder if coming to the Red Sea is as much of his plan sometimes as crossing it. Would you stand with me in this room, every single person? God has given us so much resource. God's placed someone on your mind who's, who's going to help you build that bridge. You might think, I don't have the strength to build that bridge. It's amazing what you can do when God tells you what to do. I thank God that Apex Church is a bridge into this community with your community cafe and your mega kids and your Christmas stuff you do. That's building a bridge to the community. That's not just opening the door and saying, oh, come if you want and hear the gospel. No, we, take, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. What we've done as a church in Apex over the years if we, is that we've been a bridge to the community. What breakthrough are you believing for right now? What bridges do you need to build? Perhaps your marriage is in peril. Your marriage is a mess. Or you can pray all you want, but if God's given you the revelation of forgiveness and humility and servanthood. You know, people said to me, you know, um, what's the best book you've read on marriage? I read one by Tim Keller called The Meaning of Marriage. And I'm on holiday with my wife and the kids and I'm reading this book. I said, wow, I didn't realize this, darling. She said, what? I said, he's telling me in this book that <clears throat> my role in marriage is to serve you. I said, hallelujah. I said, I never realized that. When I was looking for a spouse, I never, you know, I was looking for the prettiest girl in church with the nicest lips, pretty spiritual. I was looking for someone who would be a good fit for me. But God's put in my heart that I've got to be a good fit for her and I might, my role in life is to serve her. And, and, and you know, it changed how I thought about marriage. It really, really did. And now I keep trying to build bridges to make my marriage stronger. Because the winds come. And the storms come. If you've been married any amount of years, you'll know that you have to keep getting remarried to the same person every 10 years because they keep changing in attitude, habits, looks. I know the wives still keep getting better every 10 years and the men just keep getting uglier and fatter. Keep, you need to build bridges in your marriage. What bridge do you need to build in your marriage now to save it? Because bridges lead to prosperity. What bridge do you need to build in your business? Your, your, your business is facing disaster. Get off your knees and build a bridge. If God tells you to get back on your knees, then raise your hand and he'll part the Red Sea. But until then, build a bridge. Who needs to mend a relationship in their family? Build a bridge. Build a bridge. Build a bridge of forgiveness. Build a bridge of humility. And so those people in here, you know that God is speaking to you today. You know that you're here today to hear me tell you what God's told me to say. You need to build a bridge. And then there's those of you in here today 
there's some bridges you needed to burn. And you knew this even before. As soon as I started talking about this, you knew. I need to stop doing that. I need to stop going there. I need to make some changes in my life. That's not good for me. I'm cutting myself off. I'm not going back to that. And then there's those of you in here now. You need a miracle. You've done all of that. You said, hey, you're preaching to the choir. I just need God to part the Red Sea. And I believe he will. And he can. So every eye's closed in here today. Heads bowed. If this is you, God's speaking to you today, I would like you to do something not for my benefit or anyone else's benefit, but for your own. I'd love to raise you, put your hands out in front of you towards heaven in an open posture. Say, God, this is me. You're speaking to me today. I'm responding to you today. That's you. Hands out saying, God, you're calling me to build some bridges, burn some bridges. Oh, God, I need a miracle. So God, for people who are responding right now in this service, I know that they're here on purpose, by appointment, right on time, God, to hear this word. And let this word be a breakthrough word, Father God. I blame for bridges to be built to people's breakthroughs, Father God. And you know, when we build the bridges, God, we won't take the glory or the praise. We'll say, God showed me how to build a bridge. God give me the wisdom to build a bridge. God give me the courage. God give me the humility to humble myself like Jesus humbled himself to build a bridge. And I thank you, God, that some people right in here are taking a match and a fire to burn some bridges. You're going to stop people looking backwards, Father God. No more complaining, but we're moving forward. I thank you, God, you've taken us forward in you. No turning back. And for those that need a miracle, God, you've heard their cry. I add my prayers to their prayers, my faith to their faith. Say, come on, God, you've done it before, you can do it again. Will you part the Red Sea? Healing in our bodies, a breakthrough, Father God. When we've done all that we can do, do what only you can do in Jesus' name. My final prayer, let's keep our eyes closed, is for anyone who doesn't know Jesus today or anyone who you'll be honest with me and say, do you know what, Andrew? I don't know him like I used to. My life's not what it should be. I want to make a fresh commitment to Jesus today. I'm going to say a prayer for everyone who that encompasses. And I want the whole church to repeat this prayer after me. This is how I do it. I don't know how you do it here. It's a simple prayer of acknowledgement and opening the door of your life and saying, Jesus, come into my life. I'm starting again. Or I'm making a brand new bold step for you today. So pray with me, church, nice and loud. Dear God, I thank you. You have a plan for my life. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made mistakes. But I ask you to help me with that. Jesus, come into my life. I surrender to you. Come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I thank you I'm forgiven. I thank you this is a new start in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.